The PCI Security Standards Council has just released PCI DSS version 3.1. What's new with this version and what's critical for individuals to know? Hi, this is Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm discussing PCI 3.1 today with Troy Leach. He's CTO with the PCI Security Standards Council. Troy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Tom, for having us. So the update has just come out. Tell us, please, what's so critical about this update, and why now mid-year when typically we wait a little bit later? That's a good question. Typically, around this time, we publish an errata simply for clarifications uh, that we have received over the course of the last year since we first published the standard. In this case, uh, this will be one of the first times that we've done a revision simply because we're removing one word three times from our standard. Uh, and that is an example that we use for strong cryptography, which no longer is a good example of strong cryptography. Uh, most commonly known as SSL or the secure sockets layer, we recognize that since the last time that we published our standard in November of 2013, that NIST and other subject matter experts have come out and said that the standard itself, the protocol itself, has been uh, deprecated. They published that in April of 2014. So we recognize that there was a need to move away from that example, and we've spent the last four months working with industry partners to understand the complexity of that challenge and understanding the real risk associated with that particular deployment. So the, the big change here is really removing one example three times from the standard. And with that, uh, we recognize that there's going to be a need for a migration plan. And we've, for the first time ever in the, in the standards, we've uh, included requirements for demonstrating that you have at least a process in place to demonstrate you understand the risk and are moving away from the risk in a reasonable amount of time. So, boy, when you put it like that, one change made three times, it really is one small step for the council but a giant leap for payment card security. It really is. Uh, this is a good uh, precedence for us as a security industry to understand that sometimes we have foundational protocols and, and technology that we rely on that over time, you know, will become uh, no longer strong security, and we need to find ways that we can um, have strategy in place and be prepared to make this type of adjustment. Troy, what do you believe were the key security vulnerabilities you needed to address here, and how do you feel you've succeeded with these changes? Well, I'm very pleased with the community cooperation that we've received. We've worked uh, from the banking industry, many different financial institutions. Uh, we've had joint uh, conversations with the FSISAC and some of the subcommittees of, of that organization. We've worked with merchant associations and discussed this both from a enterprise perspective, but also reaching out to the small business community. That's been a target audience for the PCI Council this year. We're later this month launching a small business task force. So we want to understand what the um, overall impact of this type of change is. And the reality is the protocol itself of SSL and, and early TLS is actually used in many different ways. So some of those ways 
like in e-commerce, are going to be at higher risk than possibly using it in a in a scenario such as a, a bank uh, working with their their merchant portfolio, where the types of attacks that we've known um, are available, like Beast and Poodle and others, that are just not fixable. There's there's just not a patch coming for those um, uh, threats, uh, or at least at least to the uh, uh, to the protocol itself. We have to recognize that we, we need to move forward, but they may not be in direct risk because the current threats are man-in-the-middle attacks using web browsers. So we recognize that in this entire process, we're asking the community to have the due diligence to do proper risk management of the situation, make an assessment to whether or not you are at risk, and then make your your strategy be progressive so that you identify the top risks first and eliminate those and then move forward with something that's going to be um, future-proof for years to come. Troy, you mentioned the small businesses in particular, and it leads me to the question of what do the merchants now have to do differently, and what do you want card-issuing institutions to be conveying to their customers? I think the... The first thing that we, we need to raise awareness that change has to happen. No one is, is a big proponent of change typically um, unless that they understand why it, it is a, a security risk to begin with. So the first step is, is raising the awareness that there is a, a change in this version of the, the standard, um, that it is coming at a mid-year cycle. About uh, We publish our standard every three years, so this is about a year and a half in to that publication being aware of, of that and then making a, a migration plan in order to move away from from this type of technology. That Those are the two points that um, I, I hope your listeners would, would take away uh, that are going to be needed effective immediately as people start to uh, apply the requirements of uh, version 3.1 of the DSS standard. What challenges do you think that merchants might have in complying with the new standards before the sunset date, which I believe is in 2016? It is. It's, it's June 30th, 2016. And like any change, uh, the, the challenges come down to the time, the money, resources, and education about about why these changes are, are required. So the, the technical fix is can be sometimes relatively simple. Uh, we have spoken to merchants, very large uh, merchants in the UK, for example, that have simply turned off SSL and they've seen no disruption of service to their customers. Uh, we've seen other organizations that have uh, a real high dependency on SSL for something other than e-commerce where they recognize that this may take them well beyond the uh, migration period that, that we've set. <clears throat> so we, we recognize that that there's going to be several challenges to this process. We're going to continue to ask for feedback um, so that we can manage this risk appropriately. But as you, if you look at the Verizon breach report, you see that you know, 99% of breaches happen through re- relatively simple attacks, um, and often they're entirely preventable attacks. What we want to do is make sure that we at least eliminate the simple 
um, uh, simple to moderate types of threats. And as we always know, once there is a vulnerability that's been identified for certain types of technology, that vulnerabilities will only increase over uh, time. And we want to recognize that while the risk may be low today for certain types of SSL deployment, we have to be diligent in monitoring for new threats and have a proactive plan to move away from that. So I can almost hear the voices now of some of those small and mid-sized merchants saying, I'm not a technology expert, I'm not a security expert. What kind of pushback do you anticipate, and how do you deal with that? Well, the small merchant uh, community has um, quite a few challenges that we're trying to address in a different way. So to your point, Tom, uh, a small organization is not going to have the IT staff. They're not going to have the subject matter expertise on payment security. And what we're trying to do in, in that community is eliminate the problem altogether, but in a different way. Rather than trying to secure the environment um, through their own means and modifications of, of their computers and, and their systems, rather we're looking at can we eliminate cardholder data altogether through point-to-point -point encryption, through other means, um, outsourcing to uh, third-party subject matter experts, uh, doing those types of things as well as using um, qualified a new program we launched with the council where qualified installers can actually go in and modify the systems for small merchants so that the system itself is secure, but it no longer is a, a threat to these types of attacks. I think for the small merchants, we're hoping to, uh, through the Small Business Task Force, to educate them on that process, as well as, as look at, uh, in this process of educating, how can we communicate through our ASVs? Um, our scanning vendors, the ASVs, are the real primary point of contact for us with that industry, and we're giving quite a bit of education and guidance to the ASVs so that they can turn around and raise the awareness to small merchants of what needs to happen, and hopefully collectively uh, we'll be able to uh, move the industry forward. So we've talked a lot about SSL. Are there other elements that version 3.1 addresses? The other changes are, are really minor clarifications based on feedback we've received to date. Uh, they're all aimed at making certain requirements easier to understand. Uh, sometimes when we uh, develop the standard and it becomes interpreted or translated into uh, different languages, um, there's sometimes unintentional consequences. So we look at all those types of things, and, and sometimes uh, there's just clarifications or, or minor grammatical efforts that need to be changed that those those are things that typically we would release at this time it would just be an errata just like we've done uh, for each standard previously uh, this SSL change and migration plan is really the the only significant change in this version of the standard so Troy as we look ahead through the rest of the year do you anticipate releasing any further errata updates any guidance between now and the end of 2015 well, 2015 is a very busy year. Um, in, in the year that's typically quiet um, prior to the release of major versions of DSS and our, our terminal uh, PTS uh, standards like POI. But this year we will be updating uh, the point-to-point -point encryption standard. I'm very excited about the changes we've made to make it uh, uh, more flexible, uh, a little less complex uh, of a standard for, for vendors that are developing point-to-point -point encryption solutions. So that will be published next month. 
Excuse me. We we also just published uh, penetration testing uh, guidance, which, if you recall, in version three of our standard, uh, there was quite a bit of focus on penetration testing and demonstrating that the, what we assume is the card data environment actually is. Uh, protected and segmented, isolated away from the rest of the network. So we um, just published with our uh, participating organizations a penetration testing guidance. We also are going to be focused on third-party security and also technology that is uh, eradicating cardholder data. That's a, a primary focus for us is how do we devalue the information so that it no longer has a monetary value for criminals to capture and then resell on the black market. So we're looking at uh, innovative technologies like EVCO framework for, for tokens. Um, how can we participate in the security of any type of, of technology like that where it, it may eradicate the cardholder value inside the, the merchant environment and possibly from the consumer on, on alternative payments like mobile. But there's going to be at some point within the chain that it has to be turned back into an account data to be routed for the transaction. We want to be there in those locations, making sure that the integrity of the process, the security of the environment is intact, and we'll be exploring much more of those type of scenarios in 2015. It occurs to me, we're sitting here talking just the, the weekend before RSA conference in San Francisco. I'm assuming that the council is going to have a presence there and people will be able to approach you and, and talk about the standard? We will. Uh, I'll be speaking uh, on this subject of SSL on Thursday in a peer-to-peer -peer session and look forward to hearing from our information security colleagues on, on our approach. And then on Friday, I will also be speaking on just the process of getting a return on your investment for PCI and security in general. How do you minimize the card data footprint in your environment? And often it's, it's not the technology itself that needs to change, but just reevaluating the business process. And we'll walk through, in I think the governance track, the uh, ability for organizations to really simplify their compliance, minimize that cost, and, and have a, a more secure environment all, overall. Very good, Troy. Thank you for your time today. I look forward to seeing you at RSA Conference. Thanks, Tom. We'll see you there. The topic has been PCI DSS version 3.1. I've been speaking with Troy Leach, CTO with the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.